forgive, I mean, don't blame those persons who did their best and took care of you. Right. Instead, mm-hmm. rewire that to, for a more positive and, and, and this is my addition because we have all, we all have kids, whether they're your own children or your nieces and nephews or s- small humans in our lives. And, you know, in a way, we owe it to them to do the best we can uh, for them to have a better future than ours. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Executive Book Review Podcast, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, reviewed by Marisa Ortiz. I'm your host, Malcolm Kuhn. Join us as we discuss the potential power available to you when you change the agreements you've inherited in life with these four agreements. This episode is brought to you by My Education Solutions. Did you know 33 million people qualify for student loan forgiveness, but only a handful are aware it exists? My Education Solutions, located in San Antonio, Texas, is the leading national expert in student loan forgiveness. As a consumer advocacy organization, we provide financial wellness education, resources, and a free calculator that shows you how much forgiveness you are legally entitled to up front. It's our job to help people make more informed decisions to reduce their student loan debt in the fastest and least expensive way possible. We have saved our clients more than $150 million and cut their repayment periods in half. Visit our website at MyEDUSolutions.com or give us a call at 800-618-1170. My Education Solutions, your student loan forgiveness experts. So this is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, um, originally written in 1997. And uh, first of the Toltec Wisdom series, along with The Mastery of Love, The Voice of Knowledge, the Four Agreements Companion Book, The Circle of Fire, and more recently, The Fifth Agreement. And as we talked about, hopefully we'll throw in the hat for next year. Uh, a small, wonderful, powerful book um, organized in only seven chapters. Uh, so a small pocket book that can be read in a couple of days. Um, the author um, relies a lot on Toltec philosophy. So Toltec is one of the ancestral cultures that lived in the Americas before the Aztec Empire. So a lot of the Aztec or Mexica would be the the appropriate word. Um, Cultural things that we know of like the Day of the Dead, and they're still part of current Latin American culture that we know come from Toltec philosophy. And uh, so basically Don Miguel Ruiz is uh, originally from rural Mexico, a physician, he's an MD. And he had a near-fatal car accident that really shook his world uh, and decided to have a completely life change after that and stopped practicing medicine and decided to venture into a more philosophical and spiritual journey, reconnecting with his um, Mexican rural or indigenous, would be more appropriate to say, roots. so he started that process and decided at some point to to share write this book and share with the rest of the world what he found was some basic truths that will facilitate our lives and improve our lives. Uh, who doesn't want to do that, right? Um, so basically, he in this book the message is if you can change all of your agreements, which are what we call as social constructs or just ideas in general that we have in our society that create a lot of suffering. You know, how do we define success? How do we define happiness? Who has it and who doesn't have it? You know, uh, all those uh, big questions and big answers 
so he promotes this idea of um, forget about all of that. He calls that the domestication of the planet and how we're all domesticated, indoctrinated into this process as children. Um, and he talks about the dream of the planet, which is this reality we have created um, you know, with all the social constructs. So he says if you can <coughs> practice these four agreements instead and break all the old agreements that have brought suffering to you, then your life will be transformed. So the four agreements are, number one, be impeccable with your word. Uh, very simply put, impeccable comes from pecatus in Latin, which means sin. So speak without sin. And he defines a sin as something that goes against you or others. So just be nice. <laughs> Simple as that. You know, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say it. You know, be impeccable. Use the power of your word, your spoken word, uh, which is we have a biblical concept about that, right? I mean, first there was the word, um, and use that power to construct and to build and to love and to create great things. And you know, if, if you want to say something negative to destroy, then keep it to yourself. Uh, don't use a part of the word uh, against others or against yourself. So that talks about that lies, you know, ties very closely to self-talk. What is it that we're telling ourselves, and that constant chatter, you know, that is in our minds, distracting us from the blackberry moments, you know, the, the beauty of life, you know. So that's the first one, being impeccable with your word, the most difficult, but the most important. And then the second agreement is don't take anything personally. What people do or say has nothing to do with you. It's all about that chatter, that story they're telling themselves, even when, you know, they're attacking you directly with a gun at your head. You know, it's not about you. Don't take it personal. Um, and it's really not about our, us. It's about whatever story, whatever dream that person is deciding to live in and be part of. Um, and then it takes to, to the, the third agreement, don't make any assumptions, right? So it, it all ties together. When you're impeccable with your word, you don't take anything personally because it's never about you, right? And you don't make any assumptions. Uh, both ways, right? When you hear a message and you make an assumption or when you say something and your audience is making an assumption. So he says, have the courage to ask questions. What, you know, as simple as what do you mean by that? When you said this, I, it triggered this thought in me. Can we talk about it? Can we have this conversation? I don't want to assume, you know, this was the intention behind. Uh, so it's all about never making assumptions. And finally, very importantly, the fourth agreement is always do your best. And it's, you know, do your best given the day. You know, if you're ill that day, your best is not going to be 100%. Uh, but when you do your best all the time, the beauty is you have no regrets. You know, regardless of the outcome, you know, you're going to go to sleep that night, sleep well, because you gave it your best and, um, you know, you, you wouldn't do it any other way, right? If, if you could return time, you would do the same thing. So um, that's what the book's about. Those are the four agreements. He wraps up in the last two chapters on breaking old agreements, and he calls that the Toltec path to freedom. So he refers to the freedom of being ourselves, you know, the person that we always wanted to be without you know worrying about what others are going to think or say you know without making assumptions just having the courage to decide this you know this is the life that i have and i choose to be happy 
And then he wraps up with the, the final chapter. It's called The New Dream, Heaven on Earth, which is us, us ourselves creating whatever dream we want to live, you know. And he closes with, um, you know, with a powerful question or, you know, what, what you choose. So um, in that chapter um, was, you know, my favorite part of the book is in the last chapter. And I connected to Inscripted um, <clears throat> because he talks about the angel of death. And it's a very indigenous concept, you know, in, in indigenous uh, cultures, death is not seen uh, as something as uh, fear, something to be afraid of as much as in Western culture. You know, we have Day of the Dead in Mexico and it's, you know, taken a, a bit more naturally. Um, so he says, hey, at the end of the day, we don't know when we're going to die, when and how. So I don't know if I'm going to see you tomorrow, but right now I don't want to fight. You know, I, I want to be your friend and enjoy your presence and love each other because life happens like what happened to your employee. Right. I mean, I, it, it connected for me to the angel of death, mm -hmm. which he calls an angel because he, the angel comes to remind us, you know, that, you know, life is fragile and it's short and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And let's be happy. Let's choose. That. Let's choose to be happy. <laughs> right. So the, yeah, death is an choice. angel. Right. It's a gift. Uh, and that's how he wraps up the book. So um, it's a it's a beautiful, profound book. I've read it many times. Um, this is probably the fifth time that I read it to, to get ready for, for this amazing experience. And I'll tell you, every time I read this book, I pick up something new, something that I, I know I read before, but it just didn't resonate with me. This time around was about the importance of uh, our daily routines, the way we take care of our bodies, how we bathe, how we take care of our bodies, and how, you know, how, how we prepare our meals and we eat them and nourish our bodies. And that resonated big time with me now that I'm a mother of two, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and they eat a lot. <laughs> and so, you know, I am in charge of preparing those meals, and I'm so aware, like, what am I giving these children, you know? So the importance of that. So I, it has forced me to eat healthier myself because I'm not going to give him the Cheetos, you know? Yeah. So I don't buy them anymore, so I'm not eating Cheetos anymore, <laughs> you know? And, Cheetos. But no Cheetos. ice cream every once in a while is okay, right? But, yeah. like, my kids, they have yogurt when I have ice cream. Oh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's some for you. I'm going to keep, I mean, as long as I kept it, keep that, I'll keep doing it. Um, but, if it, you know, it's a small thing. It was less than a sentence and a half and it just for me I, I was reminded every two hours that one of my children needs something mm -hmm. of you know I'm not just caring for this child you know I am enabling his nourishment and you know the take you know her, her body needs to be taking her skin needs to be taken care of right that's why we do laundry uh, so those little things that you know we take for granted continue to be very important so that's my fifth <laughs> golden nugget. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what other thoughts resonated with you guys about the book. Well, when he talks about uh, like replacing the old agreements with the new agreements, it is the implication there that the old agreements are the default agreements that you're running your life with now mm -hmm. aren't your true self? Or and and does he mm -hmm. offer any advice on like how to? how to replace the agreements. Yes. No, but, oh, wow. Very good question. Yes. So, so in the, in the beginning in domestication and in, in the dream of the planet, he talks about how the old agreements, we have to think about all of those agreements that, that we believe in, that we agree on and decide which ones no longer serve us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be a lot of them that serve you really well. And that's why we're here. 
then we all look really good, you know, <laughs> you know, healthy and handsome people, right? I mean, right. so there are a bunch of great agreements out there, right? But there are some agreements that if they're not serving you, if they're creating any uh, suffering in your life, then question them. If you realize that those agreements come from your upbringing, which is very likely, the author says, forgive your parents and your caregivers for any agreements they taught you that were damaging to you. They did their best. You know, the, with with whatever, and and this is a different author which I will be reviewing in November, who says, you know, Deepak Chopra. He says everyone is doing the best they can out of their level of consciousness. So everyone is right. Everyone is trying to do the best every day, all the time. But you know, if, if after forty five years we realize, whoops, this one agreement that was so strong in me, and I believed that for years and years and years, creating all this suffering in my life, and I learned it from my parents or my teacher or my grandma. Forgive, I mean, don't blame those persons who did their best and took care of you. Right. Instead, right. rewire that to for a more positive. And 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 this is my addition because we have all, we all have kids, whether they're your own children or your nieces and nephews or small humans in our lives. And you know, in a way, we owe it to them to do the best we can uh, for them to have a better future than ours, which was pretty awesome. So that's his approach to replacing those agreements: is a self check of what are those agreements that are not serving you. Yeah, which ones serve you and which ones don't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a process. It's interesting. I was recently at a, a seminar, and um, the person conducting the seminar asked everybody who was, like, 20, to, 20 years older, like, around 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to stand up. And so there were maybe, I don't know, a half a dozen people who stood up. There wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. But he had us look at them, and he's like, these were your parents when they had you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And it really gave you a perspective of what... Our parents dealt with when they had us, yes. you know, yes. and which many of us don't appreciate. Oh, that's you know? a huge one. Yeah. That's that's a huge one, and I think that continues to be applicable. When I see, I'm not a very young mother. When I see the really young mothers, you know, mm-hmm. in their early twenties, in their late teens, mm-hmm. with little children, um, I realize, you know, how how challenging you know children having children, pretty much. And I think, you know, as an immigrant, I'll I'll tell you something that was very thought provoking. In Mexico, we don't call high school kids, we don't call them kids. We call them youth. <laughs> it would be yeah, like high kids, school kids. Kids is kind of a new term, though, isn't it? Or is it something that's I have with a our theory. culture? It's an American thing, and I have a theory about that. And, you know, it might be in the UK, in Australia, New Zealand. So it's, a, you know, British offspring, mm-hmm. uh, Western culture, pioneers type of thing is that we don't want to age yeah so the younger our kids the younger we are because now we associate age with a negative thing no one wants to be old Mm -hmm. right old is a bad word and when i grew up old was gold Mm -hmm. you know it was a good thing to 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 be mature and be an adult and a contributor to society so I think it comes from that clinging to youth mm-hmm. um, social agreement we have right. in our society. So we now we extended youth to 39. 
So now you're still, you know, young, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, 50, and at 40, yeah. oh, sorry, yeah. you're not young anymore, 50, right? But like the 30. new thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, like, no, 30 is still 30, right. you know? <laughs> 35 is still 35, yeah. you know? Right. So I think, yes, I mean, I, now, now that I have children and I see other mothers that are so much younger than me, mm-hmm. I'm blown away. And I also, yeah, I realize, you know, that for, you know, my husband's mother was 20 when he was born. Wow, <laughs> you know? I mean, I can only imagine at that time, you know, what which, it was like. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge point. What was the author's source for the Toltec? Like, what, he's what had a, him draw on that? Yes, his own roots. He's an indigenous person. As a Latin American, he has a lot of indigenous background in him. You know, most of us are mestizos. You know, the Spanish, in, in you know, this is San Antonio del Valero de Bejar, you know, this was New Spain. There was a caste system, and there was a category for each potential combination ever. And uh, Don Miguel Ruiz comes from a very indigenous background with very uh, little uh, European or African ancestry. So he just went back into his own uh, elders of his family and his community in rural Mexico, where he came from. But he completely left... um, medicine well what we now call traditional medicine you know for him traditional medicine would be the herbs and peyote and that that that's traditional for him um so yeah he just decided to go back to his roots and and he draws continues to draw and his family as well so some of the books that i mentioned are by his children and uh, they all belong to uh, like a group of, uh, I would say, anthropology PhDs and uh, other sociology doctors and you know, cultural anthropology doctors that follow this thinking, uh, indigenous thinking, and try to salvage a lot of that. Because a lot of what happened here in, the, in Latin America is that uh, all of that was lost. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Spaniard uh, conquistadors arrived and established themselves, they burned Codexes, which was the history books of of the Aztec Empire, and any anything beyond before that they kept, but until you know the Spanish burned it. So a lot of this is recuperating that oral history as much as possible, trying to catch up. Uh, it's it's very unique to the colonial experience of Latin America, which did not happen in India, for example. You know, we continue to find the oldest universities on earth are in India. Yeah. Because you know colonialism didn't destroy their history, but don't let me digress. Yes, <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> awesome. Anything else you want to share about the book? Or? I really hope uh, whoever feels um, attracted to it to give it an opportunity. It's truly a life-changing, beautiful reminder type of book that can be read once a year and just give a whole new perspective to your day. Hopefully, you're one. The Executive Book Review Podcast is a production of the Executive Book Review. For more information, visit executivebookreview.com. The podcast was recorded at the My Education Solutions Studio, and our theme music is by Kevin McLeod and used under the Creative Commons license.